الحمد لله رب العالمين وبه نستعين ونصلي ونسلم على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين وعلى آله وصحبه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may his choices blessings be upon Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Recently I met a friend and whilst we were talking, he mentioned something. He says, when my parents were alive, then I used to serve them. And I was in the full khidmat of my mother. I served my mother. And in that time, I felt a lot of blessings in my life. My life was very comfortable and it was very easy. And now, recently, he lost his mother. So he says, after I've lost my mother, I could just see the blessings is gone. And the second thing is, I can feel there's difficulty in my life right now. So he tells me, Mulana, you must speak to the people and you must tell the youngsters because today they regard it as completely insignificant, as though it doesn't even exist. They don't even understand the laws pertaining to parents. So I thought, you know, in this pandemic itself, some of us may have lost our parents. And many a times we live with these regrets. Right? I've seen, and I'm speaking from my own experience with people, I've seen people that despite encouraging them that look your parents are alive and you should try and make amends before you know your mother passes away or your, or your father passes away and they were so hard-headed you know it's like the message just blows over no you don't understand what they did or you don't understand my life or you don't understand what they send, said to me and sometimes those miscommunications became so big in their heads you know themselves that it became impossible for them to just overlook that. But I've seen it with my own eyes. When their parents passed away, they were the ones that had the biggest regret. And I would address them, you know, I would ask them that, how is it possible that in your life you had no emotional connection? You felt that you drew the line so hard and it went years, and I'm speaking, it went years upon years, where they didn't even make a salam to their mother. That's how long it went. They wouldn't even bother, you know? They, they just couldn't do it. But yet when the mother passes away, now they wake up and you see just remorse and so much of regret in their life. I wish I had done something about it. So they live with that remorse and that regret and throughout. And as soon as they recall somebody about their mother, they just break down. May Allah forgive us. You know, we take these things so lightly, but we fail to understand that these are the key ingredients to our success in this world and our success in the hereafter. May Allah give us understanding. So some of us may have lost our parents whilst we are very remorseful, or whilst we may feel a, a, a bit of you know, um, emptiness in our lives. We need to also know what to do about it. Right? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all forgiving and we are always hopeful in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you get some of us who are using this pandemic as an excuse not to make the khidmat of our parents. Right now you hear people like you... You know, we always say, if you want to know what's going on in a community, then go speak to the Imam. <laughs> because sometimes the parents themselves find it very difficult to speak to their own children. So they'll go to the Imam, Mulana, you know, make dua. You know, my son is doing this or my daughter is doing that. Make dua, inshallah, it comes right, you know. Or sometimes you know, I, don't have, I haven't seen them since I don't know when. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rectify our affairs. Right? Many times we take these things lightly. So some people use this as an excuse. You know, there's a pandemic, so we can't go. That's a debate for another time. But we have to always look, what is the injunctions of the Quran upon myself? 
What is the directive from the ahadith of Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? One verse of the Quran in Surah Bani Israel, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He outlines the decree. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا إِمَّا يَبْلُغَنَّ عِنْدَكَ الْكِبَرَ أَحَدُهُمَا أَوْ كِلَاهُمَا فَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفٍ وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا وَقُلْ لَهُمَا قَوْلًا كَرِيمًا وَاخْفِذْ لَهُمَا جَنَاحَ الذُّلِّ مِنَ الرَّحْمَةِ وَقُلْ رَبِّ ارْحَمْهُمَا كَمَا رَبَّيَانِي صَغِيرًا I will first translate it for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that your Lord has decreed that you worship Him alone and that you do good to your parents. And if one of them or both of them have to reach an old age whilst you are still alive, then you should not even say oof to them. Neither should you turn away in an inattentive manner to their needs. Neither should you, or rather you should speak to them with good words. And then you should lower your wings of humility in expressing mercy to them and say, Oh my Lord, have mercy on them just like how they had reared me with compassion, with mercy. Now these are just few verses of the Quran which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights the obligation of a child's obedience to one's parents. Now Imam Qurtubi rahimahullah, he mentions if you look at the wordings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses in this particular verse, Allah has decreed something. So in other words, when he decrees something, the first thing he says that you as a Muslim understand that it is important, it is necessary, it is an obligation upon you to make my ibadah. You will worship me alone. And every Muslim can identify to this. We know very well that we need, as a Muslim, I have to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. If we worship anything else, we are doomed. It will lead to our destruction. But with that, he says, I've also decreed that you become obedient, that you do good to your parents, which shows the importance or it necessitates that a son, a, a daughter, needs to carry out the respect or the obedience of the children on the very same level. That means if a person is disobedient, and if a person does not understand this to be an act of ibadah, then it will lead a person down the path of destruction. So you can imagine how important this is. And he says if you look at the verse in Surah Luqman, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs, and this is an obligation where he says that you should express your gratitude, your gratitude to me and to your parents. If you look just before that verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights something which we can identify with. He speaks about the parents and then he says specifically about the mother. That your mother, she had carried you for a period of time in different phases of weaknesses. That weakness we understand. Right, from the time a woman conceives this child, she goes through different phases of weaknesses during their pregnancy, from the nausea right to the end where it's a matter between life and death. So she goes through all these weaknesses, and not only that, right? After this has completed, now she's gone through this, it's a life-changing experience, right? Outwardly, she has to adjust her life to accommodate for a human being that has now come into her circle. Right. So she's adjusting. And thereafter also, 
you know, besides the, the, out, the outward sense of it, even physically, her body takes such a change, which many a time she lives with this pain throughout her life, but you'll never find her throwing it in the face of her children. You know, she lived through these pains, whatever it may be. Sometimes it's chronic illnesses. Sometimes it's, you know, uh, it, it just doesn't come right. It may be something physical, but she lives through it. And you'll hear, you know, throughout her life, you know, I've got this problem, I've got that problem, this is... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights this for a reason. And then he says, after this is done, وَفِصَالُهُ fi amain. Then she weans him off for another two years. And we know that terrible two, two syndrome. Now, she ensures that her husband needs to be functioning so that he can fulfill the responsibility, so that she can fulfill her responsibility on this child. So you can imagine how many angles this brings out, especially today with absent fathers maybe, or somebody that doesn't realize their responsibilities towards their wife and children, right? In any case, the point is that she will now rear this child to an extent where she weans off this child to ensure that it has a proper nutrition. She's clothed this child. She's uh, given uh, comfort to this child. She's ensured the safety of this child. There's so much that is going on in that short space of time. And immediately, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't speak about anything else. He just brings your attention to the initial stages. And then he says, Anishkur li wali walidei. So thank me and thank your parents. Thank me, it's an instruction. You know, thank me and thank your parents because you forget very quickly. You know, as you grow, and now you have these different impressions of life, and now you have the different opinions that are cropping up. You forget who you need to respect. You forget who you need to thank. You forgot what your mother went through. You forgot what your father had to do for you. You forgot all of that. But now you can use your tongue against, against your parents. Now you can speak to them anyhow. Now you can use different words against them. That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, that is enough. Leave everything else. Leave after two years old what they did for you. This is enough for you as an obligation to show your gratitude to myself and to your parents because I use them as a means to bring you into the world. Right. So this is such an important junction of the Quran. Imam Qurtubi rahimahullah says if you wait up, is a very similar injunction that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives when it comes to just respecting. It's linked, right? to respecting and being obedient to one's parent. That is why one Sahabi came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, O oh, Nabi of Allah, Ayyul A'mali Afdalu Indallah. They tell me which actions are considered most virtuous in the sight of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he answered, he says, As-salatu fi waqtiha, that you should perform salah in its time. Then the Sahabi asked, O oh, Nabi of Allah, that thumma ayyun, which other A'mal after this is most virtuous in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Birrul walidain. You saw salah, a connection to Allah, and immediately after that, make sure you're fulfilling the rights of your parents, that you are doing good to your parents, that you are kind towards your parents. So it shows its importance, where it stands in, in the sight of the sharia, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now I was saying that, you know, as we grow up in life, then we develop these different impressions, right? The child will grow up, and now they're going into their teenage years, and then you find that the opinions, you know, start to, it starts to structure itself within their life, and it's generally influenced by what they are exposed to, what environments we expose them to, what we do in our homes, 
what we project to them outside the homes, they generally begin to think like that. So you may have been brought up differently, right? So as a parent, when we say something, then we see those opinions now manifesting itself. And generally, we don't know how to deal with it, right? Because those opinions now generally are motivated by what they experience in that short space of time. So it becomes impressionable. At times it becomes stressful. At times it becomes a sense of depression for the, for the parents. Because many a times you find that's the time they scratch their heads. But I didn't teach you this. But we forget where maybe we sent them somewhere or they were exposed to something that actually influenced their mindset. All right? So now when we are dealing with these issues, right, we fail at dealing with these issues because a child, first of all, does not understand their priority as to how they need to deal with their parents, first of all. So with the response of the child brings the results and the consequences into their future. Understand this, right? The vision is a bit bigger. Now, when I say this, it means that this child has a choice. The hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, this is the riwayat of Abu Dardar radiallahu and he says, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that your father is the middle door of Jannah. So you can choose to preserve it and make it benefit you, or you can waste it. Look at the words of the hadith, right? You can choose to preserve this and it can benefit you, or you can choose to waste it. The, the commentators of hadith mentioned that when Nabi wasallam refers to it being the middle door, it means the best door of Jannah. So it's up to you how you want to respond to this. So at that particular time, when that child responds in an inappropriate manner, with disobedience, with disrespect, with disdain, with the way you know, we look at our parents, you know, as though they have failed us. May Allah protect us. Right? When we are doing things like this, this is destroying the worldly life of this child and the akhirat of this child without this child even realizing it. So we have these Western cultures that are always in contrast with the Sharia, yet we accept it in our homes. Yet we prepare to nurture this in our homes. Yet we prepare to accept this as a community. As a result, when the child is failing and there is destruction or misery in the child's life, we, you know, we keep on scratching out, where did we go wrong with this? We fail to realize it. Take that and compare it to the way of the Anbiya salatu wasalam, right? We have many, many examples to go by. But take the example of Ibrahim and Ismail salatu wasalam. He reaches this impressionable age. Mufassiri mentioned it's an age where when the father looks at the son, he looks at him with expectations that this is my son reached such a strong age and he has so much of stability in his life. He can be an asset for me. He's going to benefit me. At that time, Ibrahim والسلام, sees in his dream that I'm slaughtering my son. He sees this on a few occasions. The dreams of the Anbiya والسلام, are true. So he goes and consults with his son and he says, look, this is what I'm seeing. Look at the response, right? I'm using it as an extreme example, right? He says, I see in my dream that I'm slaughtering you and I feel this is the command of Allah. The response is, Fafal ma tu'mar. 
just put yourself in that situation. Your father comes to you and tells you, look, you know what, I'm seeing my dream. I need to kill you, <laughs> right? It's an unreasonable request, literally. I think logically, you can't even fathom why you want to kill me, you know? You think he's the worst father under the sun, right? But here he's coming and telling him, son, look, I need to kill you. Right? That's literally what it sounds like. It's such an unreasonable request that we'll see it as an extremity. But he says, he says to his father, if alma tu'mar, do what you have been commanded to do. When the Quran refers to this situation or this occasion, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the words of, falamma aslama, when the both of them had submitted to the commandment of Allah, there was such obedience in that son's life that whatever the father said, he was ready to submit. He was ready to submit. As a result, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves behind such a legacy. Let's look today. The millet of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam is adopted in the religion of Islam, of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Thousands of years have passed, yet every single time we go on hajj, we have to fulfill those very same rituals that was done by Ibrahim and Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam. Such a legacy. And so effective, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had kept that message that when he made that announcement for people to make hajj of the Baytullah, it is heard up till today. Everyone responds to his announcement that he makes. That's the type of legacy. Why? Because that submission and that obedience was on such a level that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved this action so much that now he makes it part and parcel of the sharia of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Millata abikum Ibrahim. The religion of your forefather Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So when we have such obedience, sometimes, you know, we tend to, with our impressions and opinions, we, te we tend to think we know it all because we, we'll say this, you know, our parents are living in, in the past, you know. It's like ancient. What you're saying is ancient. It doesn't relate to me. There's nothing about the past or ancient when it comes to the deen of Islam. Understand that this deen of Islam is for every time. There's nothing about the past. It's what we've introduced in our lives that's complicated it. And many a times, the more we adopt those Western influences, the more we adopt that way of doing things, the more we adopt that way of thinking, it's going to complicate our lives more. Yet the father will say, come to the masjid and read salah. Or yet the father will say, open the Quran and make the tilawat of the Quran. Or yet the father will say, look, you need to do this because this is part and parcel of being a Muslim. But we prepare to ignore, you know, we're living in different times now, you know. We're living in different times, we don't actually have to... May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Right? It's our shortcoming that we don't see it. Right? One Sahabi had come to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was addressing Sahaba. And he says that if you are... If you are obedient to both your parents, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep two doors of Jannah open for you and he will close two doors of hell. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, if you are disobedient to your parents, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will close two doors of Jannah and he will open two doors of hell for you. And if you are obedient to one and disobedient to the other, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open one door of Jannah and he will close um, and he will, he will close, uh, open one door of Jannah and open one door of Jahannam. And then he will choose which one to throw you into. So this one Sahabi, he listened to this, and then he says, O Nabi of Allah, what happens in the case 
where our parents were oppressive to us. And this is a general excuse, you know, but, you know, my father didn't do this for me. And our expectations have gone even beyond reason, reasonability nowadays, right? My father hasn't done this for me, or my mother hasn't done that for me, or they were like this, or they spoke to me like this. We become so, so sensitive, even as men today. You know, we become so sensitive, we get a bit of shouting, and then we feel, no, we need, let me stay away. I don't want to speak to anybody. We forget how to greet. This is a reality, right? We forget they are our parents. Somebody gets married, and then they forget, you know, we still have parents that are living. Now everything becomes about what they want to do with their own lives and their circle becomes so narrow that they feel, you know, this is just about me. They forget, you know, there was a father and mother that reared me much more longer than I know my husband or wife. In any case, so the Sahabi says, but, you know, what if they're oppressed? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replies three times, وَإِن ظَلَمَا وَإِن ظَلَمَا وَإِن ظَلَمَا Even though they may have oppressed you, even though they may have oppressed you, even though they may have oppressed you, it doesn't give you the right to have this, you know, that you want to score some points, you know, this tit-for-tat behavior, it doesn't give you a right to respond in a bad way to them. You keep your slate clean. In fact, I've, I've found it difficult to find any exceptions that the Shariat has made besides one. The Sharia says the only time you can become disobedient, once, that if they force you to do something which is against the teachings of the Quran and Sunnah, then you have the right to be disobedient to them. Other than that, nothing. So you can still imagine if somebody is speaking bad about their parents to others. Imagine if somebody is, is, is even, you know, you can't even fathom. You think like somebody is saying, oh, I, I don't want to see my father and them. And it goes on for years. May Allah safeguard our iman. We don't realize the destructions it brings. That's why Abu Qatada radiallahu anhu says that the punishment for disobedience to one's parents comes in this world first. You see misery upon misery upon misery. Because somebody just couldn't zip it, maybe. You know, somebody just couldn't do the right thing. The second part of the verse, and I will end off, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about a very sensitive time in their life. If one or both the parents reach an old age and you are still alive. Now we know as parents grow in their life, they become very sensitive to what is said to them or what is done to for them. They become very sensitive to these things. And it's, it's absolutely normal. This is a cycle of creation. You feel very strong now and you feel very healthy and you feel very everything. You know, we may be financially very strong and doing everything that we want to do, but we're not keeping our parents happy. Do you think you're ever going to be successful? Do you think you're ever going to be comfortable in your life? That cycle is going to come when one day you need it. That is a system of Allah. So that very same father or mother that we saw once upon a time, there was so much of dignity. Now they're losing maybe like what we would term, they're losing their marbles now and again. And they say something out of turn or they're doing something that looks a bit weird. How do we respond to that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, imagine he covers all angles with us. So the first thing he says is, it's going to create an irritation for that child. So the first thing he says, لا تقول لهما أوف. Don't even think of saying oof to them. Don't even think of it. So imagine if something, somebody's asking, what's wrong? Why, what are you doing? You can't even say that, right? And then he says even further, because sometimes, you know, 
shaitan plays with the mind. So a child would think, let me stay away. I'll avoid the problem. All right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even covers that angle. Wala tanharhuma. That means don't become inattentive to their need at that particular time. They'll need you more. You, you need to be the counselor, then become their counselor. Right? You need to become, remove that stress and that burden from them. So don't think by staying away, you're doing yourself a, you're doing yourself a big disfavor. In, in other words, do not become inattentive to their needs as well. Right? But when you speak to them, just tell them good things. Be polite about it. Just speak good to them. And then look at the language of the Quran. Lower the wing of humility in expressing your mercy to them. Look at this. This words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses. That means that you are very strong and you're achieving. You know, a person with a financial power, with physical power, someone maybe in a leadership position, very influential in society. You can literally rule the world, right? But when it comes to your parents, now you're flying high with your wings. Make sure you clip those wings. You need to land. You need to express humility to them. When you're speaking to them, watch how you're speaking. You can be the prime minister. You can be whoever you want to be. You can achieve whatever you want. But when you're addressing your parents, ensure that you express humility and you express mercy to them. And make dua for them. Oh Allah, you have mercy on them. Just like how they had reared me with compassion and mercy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us an understanding of that. I would end off with this. Many times our parents have passed on and we live with this regret and this remorse. You know, we don't know what to do. We haven't fulfilled their rights. May Allah forgive us for our shortcomings. When Sahabi had come to Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Ubaidah al-Badri radiallahu anhi, Sahabi was sitting with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, his Ansari Sahabi had come to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, oh Nabi of Allah, my parents have passed away. So is there anything more left for me to do? So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, yes, there are things that you should do. Four things. Number one, always pray for them, make dua for them and seek forgiveness on their behalf. That's number one. Number two, if there's any promises that they have made for any person and they've left this world, ensure as a child that you fulfill that promise. Many times what happens is when the children get involved, with the, with the, you know, with the, the parents' empire, whatever it may be. Now the father had certain things he used to do, or agreements he used to do. Then they would say, you know what, this is a new thing now. You know, we we taking charge of this. This shouldn't change at all. If they left behind a wasiyah, or they promise somebody something, ensure that you fulfill that. Number three, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, if there were any friends that they were fond of, and they regarded them as special friends, ensure that you show the very same respect, be kind to them. Be, be graceful to them and see if they need any assistance. And number four, if there's any relatives that are linked to your father or your mother and they are considered close relatives, then ensure that you also fulfill your obligations upon them by being respectful to them, being obedient to them. In other words, treat them like how you would treat your parents. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us the best to our parents. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive all our shortcomings and grow, grant all our marhumin jannatul firdaus.